You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Uh, Take your Bibles, if you would, Joshua chapter 1. So we have a few different passages we're going to be going to this evening. Um, We're just going to start here with this one and read this one uh, out loud as we get started. But uh, we're going to keep our Bibles handy because we'll probably be using them a little bit. And for for the sound booth guys, meditation, that's the title. You didn't get a chance? Okay, thumbs up. All right. They always ask, what's the title of the sermon? So you have to come up with titles. And that's a very boring title, but, you know, it's not as good as uh, Jacob's was that one time. I don't even remember what it had to do with, but it was a really good one. Pancreas, that's what it was. Uh, So Joshua chapter 8, stand with me if you would, one more time. Did I say 8? Joshua chapter 1, sorry. Joshua chapter 1. I don't remember what I said. Joshua 1 is what I meant to say. Verse number 8 is what we're going to read. Joshua 1, verse number 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day again. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Uh, Lord, I look forward to coming here on Wednesday nights every week. I look forward to being here on Sundays every week, Lord. I pray that you just take the time that we are together and make it profitable. Uh, Make it honoring to you. Help us to uh, be the Christians that you want us to be. See the things in our lives that we can improve upon uh, to become more like you, to become closer to you, to put things away that uh, shouldn't be part of our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll help me as I speak. Uh, Help me to say the things that you would have me say. Uh, Clear my mind and my thoughts. Be with my tongue. Lord, we love you. Thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So as pastor asked me to fill in for him tonight, uh, I, I often try to, always try to have something coming as far as like a, a lesson or a sermon or something, because you just never know, you know, when that opportunity may arise to be able to preach. Um, and for the last, I don't know, probably this year, uh, this thought and kind of idea of meditation has been on my mind and my heart, and I've just kind of been studying lightly and reading about it and kind of, you know, going through scripture on every time meditation is mentioned and, and trying to explore that, that area of, of our Christian life, meditation. And then when he asked me to preach, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dive deeper into it, and, and I feel like that's where God would have me go, just because he had been dealing with my heart on it for, you know, for a few months, and so I felt like it was a good place to go tonight. So, just to give you a background of why I've come to this, uh, this lesson or this sermon, um, it's not because I'm an expert in this. I'm definitely not an expert in this subject. Okay, So there are probably many of you that, that have studied even more and maybe even have a better insight into uh, the subject of meditation. But I'm going to give you what I believe God has shown me through his word uh, over the last few weeks about this subject specifically. So it's not, it's definitely not expansive. It doesn't cover everything, but it covers, I think, for, for me, it's what God dealt with me when it comes to my thinking, right? And where my mind goes and, and what I think about. So meditation, the word meditation means to engage in thought or contemplation or to reflect. That's what meditation means or the word meditate means. So 
there are many verses in the Bible that tell us to meditate or give us different examples of when very godly people meditated. Right here we, we are given uh, instruction, Joshua is given instruction to not let the book of the law out of his mouth to meditate therein day and night. And we know the book of the law was the first five books of the Old Testament that they had as far as God's word at that time. And Joshua was instructed to, make, to just make it part of his life. Right, day in and day out, that he was supposed to be thinking about God's word. Now, there are a couple different things, a couple different ways meditation or meditate is translated in the Bible, and I'm going to give you three different ways that it is translated. All the other ways are kind of derivatives of these three main ways. Uh, but for us as Christians, meditation is honestly it's associated with growth. If we want to grow as Christians, right, if our spiritual life, we want to increase in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, if we want to learn about him and grow more and become more like him and closer to him, meditation is part of that growth process. And it's probably not something a lot of us do consistently. Now, we all meditate. Everybody meditates on something every day. It may be unintentional. Right, but we all we we think about things, we contemplate things, we engage in thought of things. Right, we all you would agree, most unless you're like a 15, 16 year old boy, you probably think about things most days. 15, 16 year olds sometimes those brains are just kind of there's not much there. I only say that because I used to be one, okay, and I might have one still right now. So, hey Carter, what's up? Uh, so we all think about things. Our mind is engaged in things all day, every day, right? You think about how your day goes. If you start off with a shower, I bet you, you know, they have this thing called shower thoughts. You get, you get great ideas in the shower. Like if you're by yourself, there's no one else around and you come up with these just great ideas and thoughts that are just like earth shattering, earth changing, right? Cause you just have time. And we come up with, and we think with things in the shower. You may be planning as you're getting dressed or eating breakfast, getting ready for your work day. You're thinking about what's coming up, right? You're thinking about what your responsibilities are, what you're going to be doing that day. If you got school coming, you think about the classes you might have that are coming up, what you might have to study, what you probably aren't prepared for, the test or quiz that's coming up today because you didn't study like you should have, and you're worrying about that. You're thinking about that. Uh, if you're a mom, you're probably planning out your whole week, right? Like, okay, I got to have the kids up. They got to be dressed, they have breakfast, make sure the 15-year-old puts deodorant on and brushes his teeth, make sure everybody else is ready to go when the bus comes or when they get to school, right? And then I got to have lunch ready for the ones that aren't in school, so that means we're going to have this at this time, and then we got to go to the park and meet this person over here at this time. The point is, is we, our minds are always working. We're always thinking about things. So we all meditate as people. We meditate, we engage in thought, we contemplate and then there might even be times where you think about something serious, right? Maybe you have some financial problems and you're like, okay, how am I going to pay this bill this month? And you might sit and try to figure out a way to move things around or to make things happen. And you have serious thought, like things that matter about paying bills or maybe there's health situations and you're trying to walk through, okay, if this happens, how do I do this? And what if this comes up? And you engage in contemplation and planning for scenarios and situations and we have those contemplation or reflective you might think about something that happened in the past thinking about good memories or maybe a situation you're in because of something that happened in the past and we reflect on those times and our decisions and our choices again the point is we all meditate at some point every day 
It's what we choose to meditate on and with and engage our thought process in that's important. You have to plan life, right? You have to plan for things. You have to figure out how to pay your bills. You have to think about your job and how to do it well. You have to think about your children and how to feed them. They all appreciate that, right? We have, those are things that we have to do. So there's nothing wrong with that type of meditation and engaging in thought. But biblical meditation, almost every single time, if not every single time, is always talking about meditating on God. Whether it's his word, whether it's what he's done, who he is, to us as individuals and the things that he, he represents and the future that we have because of him. That's the meditation, scriptural meditation, that as Christians, if we want to grow, right, if we want to become more like him, which that should be everyone's desire, we have to participate in. It's one of the tools to help us grow exponentially in our spiritual life. So three main Interpretations. It's Hebrew and Greek interpretations or translations for English uh, for the word meditate. The first one is the one we read here in Joshua. It's Hagah. There you go. You just learned some Hebrew. Hagah. It means meditate. It means to muse. I like that word, muse. You get, have some oomph behind it. It has meaning. You can see musing. Right? When you think of somebody musing, you can see that. Uh, to muse or to growl, to moan, or to utter. That's the word there in Joshua, Hagah. That's what that means. It means to, to muse on something and even to have some moaning and groaning and thinking about meditating on his law. That's um, also used in Jeremiah. It's used many times in Psalms and Proverbs as well. The next one, go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24, verse number 63 this is the first mention of meditate or meditation in the entire Bible. So the very first time it's brought up, this is where it's brought up. Uh, Genesis chapter 24, verse 63, it says, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. Really good verse. I like how it ends. Um, so this, this word here is sukkah. Sukkah. That's the word meditate there. It means bowed down, to be downcast, or to muse pensively. Right? So can you see, in this situation for Isaac, his mother had just died. He just lost his mother. And he was contemplating and musing on his future, his life, and how it was to be and what was to come. And these camels that are coming, if you read into the next verse, and Rebecca. Right, Rebecca is coming into his life at this point as he's meditating out in the field in a different way that Joshua is meditating. This is again bowed down or to be downcast, to muse pensively. He's definitely in a different mindset than Joshua. Right? He's sad. He's mourning. He's contemplating his future and what God has for him. And as he does this, his future wife is on the way. But the very first time meditation is mentioned. Isaac is in that mode. He's, in, he's thinking about what God has for his life. And you've probably been there. If you're of any amount of age, you've probably been at that point in your life where you're wondering where God has you going next, what the next step is for your life. And often it comes after sad times or, or, or a bad thing that happens in our life. And we contemplate who God is to us, right? When trials come, when bad things come to our lives, in his case, his mother passes away, 
you contemplate on, well, who is God to me? You know, when you have something in your life that's that's important and then now they're no longer here, it causes you to look at life a, a little differently and it caused Isaac to meditate and to think about those things. The next one is meliteo. Meliteo, this means to care for or practice, study, imagine. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, way in the New Testament there. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 15. 1 Timothy 4, 15, the Bible says, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Now here we have Paul writing to Timothy, Pastor Timothy. Just before this verse, he told him to have no man despise thy youth, be an example to the believers. And he gives them all these things that he should be as a Christian, as a pastor. And then he says, meditate on these things. Meditate on the things I just talked to you about, the things I just commanded you and taught you. Meditate on these things that I told you, who God is, who Jesus was. Meditate on these things. So why? So that thy profiting or his success will appear to everyone. Right? It's, he's investing his time into meditation And thinking about his Lord, thinking about the things that Paul had taught him, so that when he does go out and do the work of a pastor as a Christian and there's success there, people will see that because of the time he invested here contemplating on those things. Now we may be tempted to think, well, Timothy was a pastor, so that doesn't apply to me. They're talking to Brother Jet. He's the pastor, he's one of them to muse on things. True, but we are all Christians and we all have the same commands that Brother Jed has as far as reaching the world with Christ, as far as seeing our Christian lives be profitable. The Lord expects us to be successful in, in our Christian walk. He expects us to grow. He expects us to continually become more like him. And so if we just say, well, that's pastor's job and I'll just sit back and I don't have to do that, we have a wrong view of, of God's instructions for us when it comes to meditation. So, I'm going to pause here for a second and go to what the world views meditation as. Because when you say, we're going to talk about meditation, Christians, at least I can go, okay, this could be a touchy subject, we're going to talk about meditation. The world is, some parts of the world and some beliefs and some practices are really big on meditation. Problem is, it's not biblical meditation. Remember I said every time meditation is mentioned in the Bible, it talks about Meditating on scripture, meditating on who God is, what he's done for you, what he's done in the world. I mean, all the way back to creation. You could meditate on what God did at creation and think about that and you would accomplish biblical meditation, right? It's a time where you're thinking about something God has done and only God was able to do. And it will lead your mind and lead your understanding to knowing who God is. And again, understanding that nobody else could have done what God did at creation and the miracles that were performed there and the things that he did that affect us even today. And there's, you're you're meditating on God's word. So the world looks at meditation and a lot of it comes from some Eastern religions, Buddhism and Hinduism, right? That's where a lot of meditation comes from. It's not exclusive to there. There's some new age things as well. Um, But that type of meditation always uses what they call mantras, so if you're familiar with mantras, you probably heard, even in like old Bugs Bunny cartoons, they used Aum, right? You just get cross-legged, you put your some fingers together somewhere, and you say Aum. And then there's other words that you would say along with it, but those are the only ones I remember. Aum, right? And you'd clear your mind. 
And that's how they look at it. They want you to clear and empty yourself of all thought and find peace, inner peace. That's what they want you to find. But the problem is, God's nowhere involved in any of that, right? And these mantras that they use to clear your mind, um, they're, they're actually, if you say the whole thing, not just the om part, there are always praises to their Buddhist or Hindu gods. The, the om is where we stop at the Bugs Bunny cartoons, because you go any further than that for children, and then, you know, then you're canceling Elmer Fudd, and it's just a big mess. So they didn't do that. They didn't even go that far there. But if you did what mantras are, there's always praise or adoration given to some deity, right? Some of their many thousands of gods. And it's Om and then all these other words that you would say giving praise to them. And that's what they teach. That's what meditation is. And that's why meditation, as the world views it, and meditation in some of those Eastern religions or even New Age philosophies are, for Christians, dangerous. and something you want to stay away from. The meditation, again, this is, the devil does this all the time. The devil takes something God created that is good and perfect and he twists it. Right? He takes something that's good and he twists it just enough where it might still sound good. Finding inner peace sounds good. I like to be happy and have peace in my life. So he takes something that sounds good and he twists it and removes God from it and twists it to where you feel good about what you're doing and maybe even seeking something positive, but it's minus God. And that's what the devil does with everything. Everything that he does. He has no original ideas, right? The devil doesn't come up with anything on his own. He just takes something God has already done and he makes it his own by twisting it, contorting it, and making it appealing to us and our sin and our flesh but taking God away from it. Even trying to convince us that what you're doing is not sin, it's fine. But it takes God out. So even meditation, he has taken and twisted. And there are religions that are, I mean, if you know anything about Buddhist or Hindu religions and all the many gods that they have and the inner peace, Buddhist monks, I mean, we all have seen shows and movies and, and things where there are these guys in the orange robes and they're really good at Kung Fu, right? That's, so it's like, oh man, that would be great if I could that would be cool but again it's not biblical right they've taken something and really and it's skewed so far away from god's original intent of what it's meant to be and for me as i studied this and us as christians i think we view meditation sometimes as not not applicable to me not something i can do i'm not going to sit down and i think we conflate biblical and home and say, well, I'm not going to do that. That's silly. I can't sit cross-legged on my yoga mat and, and just do nothing for three hours. And so we kind of dismiss it as not something that's applicable to me as a Christian. And we miss out on God's intention for meditation. To think on him. And think on his words. And the, and the more we live in a world today where our minds are constantly bombarded with things. I mean, it could be the things I talked about earlier, your daily life, or it can be the things on your phone that distract you, or the things on the television, or just the world we live in, the digital age we live in today, there's no shortage of something to distract yourself and your mind if you want it. Even for us as Christians, if we're not careful. And if we take all that time away, well, I can't find time to meditate and think on God's things where... We'll dismiss it as not something important for us, but it's very important. Meditation is very important for us if we want to 
become more like him and for our growth. Uh, let's go to Psalms, Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, you still with me? A couple, okay, that's good. Psalm chapter 1. And I know as I study this subject, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've not been a very good meditator in my Christian life, right? I mean, I've been saved since I was eight years old. So, you know, saved from a terrible life of stealing cookies and, you know, waking up early to play Nintendo when I wasn't supposed to. Um, but, you know, I've not lived a life where it's, gone, it's taken me, look, God has protected me and, and, and allowed me to, to live the life I have. But I can tell you in my, let's say, adult Christian life, right, the meditation has not been part of it, really. Right, I study and I'll read and I'll have my devotions. But typically when that devotion time is over, let's be honest, 10 minutes, 15 maybe sometimes, rarely an hour, if ever, right, for my devotion time. I don't, I mean, I'm being transparent with you. Hopefully it's, I'm probably the only one. But, you know, if I get to an hour of devotions time, that very rarely happens. So where, and then usually when that time is over, then I'm back to my, now I'm on to my day. Now I start my day, right, with the things that my work, my job, my school, whatever your day consists of. Now that that time is over, now my day starts. And for me, sometimes, but very rarely do I think about that 10 minutes throughout my day. Rarely at 2.35 in the afternoon will I contemplate the verse I read at 6 o'clock. Right? My mind doesn't go back there because I'm busy. And I miss out on meditation, not just during my first 10 minutes of devotions, because, I mean, again, we're usually tired, maybe we're just trying to get through it and kind of check it off the list, but I definitely don't think about it later at 3.45 in the afternoon. And that's what God is telling us. If you, again, in Joshua, meditate day and night, right? Psalm chapter 1, and we're all familiar with these verses here. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So the man that doesn't do that, this is where his delight is. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's God's word. And in his law, what? Doth he meditate? How often? Day and night. It means we, and you've probably heard messages, lessons, sermons from Psalm 1. It's a very popular and powerful passage. And the, the standing, walking, sitting, standing, I mean, I love that, that, uh, that illustration and, and the progression. But often, for me anyways, that last part of the verse, I just kind of end in his law, did meditate day and night. Great, awesome, wow, that's, I'm make sure I'm not standing or sitting in the scorners. I'm going to be what I'm supposed to be. But the other side of it is meditation. His delight, the person that doesn't do those things, the thing he delights over, the things that they enjoy is God's word. And because they enjoy God's word so much, they meditate on it day and night. They're constantly thinking about it. The Christian that isn't the, the ungodly, not being with sinners or sitting with scornfuls, and is delighted in God's word, is thinking about God's word all the time. And again, this isn't, this isn't written to a pastor. right? This is just, blessed is the man. And, or woman, the mankind, the person. Blessed is the person that walks and in his life, he will meditate day and night. And that's where I think we miss out as Christians in the meditation part. We don't think about God's word and who he is to us and what he's done day and night. We definitely don't. I definitely don't. Because I'm busy. Because I'm, I have other things I think about and meditate on. Now, 
forgive me for one, uh, give me some grace. If the next Star Wars movie were about to come out next month, that's all I would be talking about. That's all I I know, I'm sorry. That's all I'd be thinking about. If you know me, you already know. So it's all I'd be thinking about. It's all I'd be talking about. It's it. Star Wars, Star Wars this, Star Wars that. What do you think is going to happen here? What do you think this is going to do? Who's going to do this? Who's going to show up here? What are they going to do with that? I mean, obsessive, right? And may you probably have something that's like that in your life. That's not wrong per se, but you obsess over it. If you look forward to it, maybe it's your vacation this summer and where you're going to spend your time. I can't wait to go there. We're going to do this. I'm going to see this. I'm going to talk to this person. We're going to do this. We have things we think about and we contemplate and plan and obsess over. But how often do we as Christians, to my fault and to my sin, obsess over God's word? Can't, I got to talk to somebody about it. So as soon as I see you at church, I'm going to say, oh, dude, I read this today. You're not going to believe it. This is what I got of it. We don't do that. Sometimes maybe we do, but we don't do that. We don't. But if it were something else, we'd stand in a circle out there and we would just talk about it for 20 minutes. Right? Nonstop. And we'd be excited about it. But we don't do that when it comes to God's word often. I'd say we don't. We do sometimes. I'm not saying we're all terrible people. It's not what I'm trying to get across here. But I'm trying to make a point that we find it very easy. Maybe, with, maybe it's sports, right? Maybe it's our, the baseball team coming up, Danny, me and the twins, right? Danny and I, we talk about that all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But often Danny and I talk about what we read in our Bible the other day. Not throwing Danny in a bus. He always is telling me what he read. It's me. It's the other way around. Right? We find your thing, whatever it is. You have a thing. We all have a thing. Is God's word and the meditation on that high on the list as it is your thing probably not not all the time anyway god's word and who he is should be so important to us and so high on our list that we just we can't stop thinking about it we can't stop talking about it now in order to do that you have to be reading your bible right you have to be in his word in order to meditate on his word it has to start there but there's so much there for us and we miss we miss it Go to Psalm 143. Psalm 143. Verse number 5. This is David talking. He's talking, he's asking God to hear him. He's talking about some of the things that have been happening to him, his enemies that are persecuting him. We know David had many psalms that are written that way. In verse number 5 he says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. So David said, all these things are happening. These enemies are after me. They're trying literally to kill me. But you know what I do? I think about who you are. I think about the things you've done for me in the past, things you've just done in the past. I remember the days of old, right? The days of old. I remember, I meditate on all thy works. I muse. When's the last time you mused? I muse on the work of thy hands. David thought about who God was, what he had done for him, sure, but just what he had done. And, and, and for David, he probably thought about the parting of the Red Sea, probably thought about his people coming out of Egypt, thought about all the, th- all the battles that Israel had won, thought about beating Goliath, right? God had done that for David. He thinks about the things that God had done for him, allowed him, a teenager, to defeat a soldier, 
for an enti- his entire adult soldier's life, and he allowed him to beat him and defeat him. David mused and meditated on the things that God had done in his life and things that God had done in, in life in general. So all that leading up to here, the very end, the application part, right? How, how, how can we meditate? Help, how do we get ourselves to meditate? What are some things we can do to help us meditate? So I have a few things here, and I'm already running out of time. And then a couple practical tips at the end. So help for meditation. If you want to meditate, which you're saved, you should want to meditate. Okay, so no one in here should be like, nah, I'm good. No, you want to meditate. This is something God wants us to do. We need to deliberately direct our thoughts to God's word and what he has done. Deliberately. That, that means you have to control your thoughts instead of your, letting your thoughts control you. Because as humans, we let our minds wander. We call it daydreaming. Right? We are, we are very good at just mind wandering. We could be doing some task and five minutes later we're way off in left field thinking about something completely different because we let our thoughts rule us. Right? It could be daydreaming. It can be worry. You ever worry about something so much you get anxious and just, it just works you up and tense and you know, ah, I'm so worried and scared and fearful. That's us letting our thoughts rule us. Right? If we are going to meditate on God's word and who he is, we have to deliberately do so. That means you need to be in control of your thoughts. Do you struggle with impure thoughts? Do you struggle with evil thoughts, sinful thoughts? Deliberately control your thoughts. Don't let your thoughts control you. Don't let the things that come in front of your eyes, billboards, songs, things that are in the world, control your thoughts. You, through God's help, control your own thoughts. Deliberately direct your thoughts to God's word and what he has done. That's how you begin to meditate. Probably have to find a quiet place. Probably have to find some time alone where it's just you by yourself, quiet for some amount of time to purposefully think about God's word, about who he is, who he is to you, who he is to the world, who he is just God and what he's done. We don't want to let our thoughts rule our time, rule our emotions, rule our purposes. We need to train ourselves to be deliberate with our thoughts. The Bible tells us where to set our minds. For time's sake, we're not going to go there, but in Colossians chapter 3, it tells us to set our minds to heavenly things, not the things of this world. It tells us to think on the things that are pure, that are honest, that are just. Right? The Bible gives us many places to go and what to think on, many things of advice on where to start and what to think about. Think about heavenly things, not the things of this earth. Meditate on those things. Um, we read in 1 Timothy 4.15, again, it says to give yourself wholly unto them. Right? Just like me and my Star Wars, I give myself wholly unto it. I have my t-shirts and all the things wholly give myself unto it. God says, give yourself wholly unto me. That means your thoughts, your actions, your, the material things, that everything you do with your life, give it wholly unto me. And that starts with meditating, thinking about it. If we're going to grow as Christians, meditation on the things of God is a necessity. So a couple practical tips, okay? Start and end your day with God's word. If you aren't already starting your day with God's word, start there. And if you're doing that, that's great. But you know what you can do? It's allowed. I promise it's allowed. You can have devotions in the morning and before you go to bed. You're allowed to do it. You have permission. You don't have to just do it one time a day and that's it. 
So if you have problems meditating, or you don't find yourself ever meditating on God's word, and you want to meditate, again, you want to, then start your day with God's word and end it. Double your reading. I don't like to read. You'll be okay. You're only on this earth for, you know, less than 100 years. It'll be fine. Start your day, end your day with reading. We live, in busy, we live busy, busy, busy lives. We do. Super busy lives. And our minds can wander to unimportant things, to sinful things, temptations, real life things that you just have to do. But again, if you want to meditate, if you want to grow as a Christian, which should be our desire, which should be every Christian's desire, you have to deliberately think on God's things. You have to make it a purpose, a plan, intentional. So start your day with words, God's word and end your day with God's word. Secondly, do something with God's word. Okay, so the things that you've read, do something with it in your day. Apply it to your life. Do something, have it change you. Don't just be like, I read these three chapters, check. I'm that much closer to being done a year. Read it, take something from it, and do something with it. Okay? Remember what you read on purpose. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other, or one eyeball, and out, however that works when you read. But don't let it come in your mind and just empty and leave your mind when you're done. Remember it intentionally. So when you get up and you read your devotions in the morning or before you go to bed, as you're laying there falling asleep, think about what you just read. Contemplate it. Meditate on it. Talk to God about it. The Holy Spirit wrote it, right? We know that. Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. He lives inside of you. Talk to him about what you just read. God, I love how you did this. That was really cool. God, I love how you did that. It encourages me to know you care about me this much. Whatever the case may be, Talk to him about what you just read. Because now you're meditating on it. You're praying. You're talking to the Holy Spirit. You're meditating on the word you just read. If it's in the morning, plan to think about it at 2.18 that afternoon. And recall to memory what you read that morning. That's how you meditate on those things. It becomes part of your life. Not just those 10 minutes, but all day. Make three by five cards. Remember what those are? Anybody know three? They're three inches by five inches in this paper, and you can write stuff on it with a pen or pencil or crayon. It doesn't matter, but you can write it, and then you can put it in your pocket. We don't really wear shirts with pockets here. You could put it in your pants pocket. You could put it in your purse. You could put it in your Star Wars book that you're also reading. I don't care. Bring it with you. Take it places. Take God's word with you, right? The thing you read that morning, write it down, or get your phone out, put it in your notes app. Right? Type out the, what you read, what you got out of it, and put it there. And then set an alarm throughout the day to look at it again. Meditate on it. Think on it. Again, these are practical things. There are many more, but these are just some things I came up with. Memorize it. I think we fail often in that area, too, as Christians. Our patch kids, my daughter is memorizing it. What is, where is it at? Is it Habakkuk? Habakkuk 3? She's, she's like on the way to church, quoting her verses, right? And we're like, that's really good for 10 and 11-year-olds, but not us 40-year-olds. We skip out on memorization because, one, it's hard, right? As you get older, it's harder to memorize things. It's lazy is what it is. Sorry. That's, I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Right. Thank you. We can memorize stuff. Memorize his word. How, how dedicated are you to him? Do you want to grow? 
Do you want to do what God says to do? Do you want to become more like him? Or are you content to be where you are? We should want to, how do you translate that? Just, yeah, okay, that's good. We should want to be more. We should not be content to be okay just with where our Christian life is. We should want to grow. And that's, that's going to take some effort. If we're going to meditate on his word, we need to memorize some of it. Okay? We need to write it down. Make up a song for it. Make up your own song. You don't have to sing it to anybody else. You don't have to sing a special. But you can sing it in your head to help you remember the song. Right? If he, I was telling someone earlier today, going through the books of the Bible, did, you ever, did anyone memorize those to a song? How much easier is it to memorize those things when you have a song set to it? Right? Sing a song about a verse you read or just make up one about the verses you read. Put it in front of your face. You want to be reminded of something and aware of something and meditate and think about it, you got to put it in front of your face. And that's different for everybody. Your face is in different places than my face is at. Right? But put whatever you read about meditating on God's word in front of your face so that it's there. And don't say, well, I can't do it. Again, don't be lazy and say, I can't do it. It's just, it's, it's not practical. If you, you, know, you know what you can do to make it work. Don't make excuses for yourself. Because we're good at doing that too, aren't we? Making excuses of why it's not applicable or practical for me to do this or that. You can. Put it in front of your face. If it's part of your life, if you want to meditate, if you want God's word to be part of your life after your devotional time, you have to put it in front of, in front of your face to think on those things. It has to be there. So... Memorize what you read on purpose. Use three by five cards or a note app. Write down something about what you read. Make up a song. Memorize it. Put it in front of your face. Somewhere. I don't care where it is. It's different. But put it in front of your face. It takes effort. You have to do it on purpose. You're not going to just do it without trying. Obviously, if you're writing something down, you have to intentionally do it. And then lastly, talk about God's word. Talk about it. Now, we've been talking about, pastors have been talking about telling others about it, the Great Commission. Yes, definitely talk about it that way. But if we're regularly talking about God's word, that's also meditation. Because now you're, you're thinking about it, you're engaged in it, you're contemplating it. We will meditate on his word, and if we meditate on his word and we talk about it, we can obey it better. Right? If we're constantly going back to it, constantly bringing back what we read, constantly thinking about what we read... It's going to make it so much easier for us to obey it. Young people, you have a hard time obeying mom and dad. You just have that natural uh, shrug off my shoulder reaction to when you're told to do something. That's human, and that's called sin. And we all feel that. If you struggle with that, meditate on God's word. Because God tells us to obey our parents when we're children. And you know, if you're still in your parents' house, that applies to you. Okay? If you struggle with that, the cure is meditation. You meditate on God's word. You think about who he is, what he's done. All of a sudden, it's not so difficult to obey anymore. Because you're not just obeying mom and dad. You're obeying God, really. You disobey mom and dad, that's wrong. But the worst thing is you're disobeying God who tells you to obey mom and dad. So don't be afraid of mom and dad's wrath. Be afraid of God's. Meditate. That'll fix it. So in conclusion... Soak our minds with God's word. We have to. If you want to meditate, 
which we should, again, this isn't, if I go, if you want to meditate, you're like, no, I'm good. No, you want to, okay, because God's word tells us to. If you want to meditate, soak your mind with God's word. That might mean you have to get rid of some other things that you soak your mind with. You may have to lay off the Star Wars a little bit. I know, it's sad, it's hard, but you know what? Star Wars or God, what's more important? Okay, sorry to bear my sin and lay it out there for everyone to see. But I'm just trying to hopefully make you understand that it's, it's real. Right? It's not just spiritual mumbo-jumbo, high, high spiritually-minded talk. This is real life. Meditation is something that will help you as a Christian. It'll help you with things you do struggle with. It'll help you become an, a stronger Christian. Someone that can help other people. Right? Be a better just person in general. Don't let your thoughts rule you. So soak your mind with God's word. Don't let your thoughts rule you. If you can do those things, biblical meditation will help you grow. It will. And it's something, again, it's going to take, on purpose, deliberate action from you. And often as people, because again, we're lazy, when it takes deliberate, on purpose action, we're like, eh, too much work. I'd rather just come where I don't have to do too much about it especially when I do things that change what I already do. And that's where the hard, that's where it's difficult. But that's where if we push through that difficulty and don't allow our sin nature to weigh us down, we can see growth, we can see success, we can see blessings and prosperity and happiness and joy and that peace that you won't see if you allow yourself to be your own worst enemy, really. And prevent yourself from med- meditating. So meditation. Kind of a thing that doesn't, I, at least I had never really heard a lot taught on it or preached on it. But it's all throughout the Bible. And if we as Christians want to grow and become more like him, it's really part of that growing process. So that's all I have for you this evening. Uh, if you want to stand with me, please, I'll finish with prayer. We'll take a few minutes if anybody wants to uh, do business with God. I mean, for me, as I studied and read, I mean, I bear it to you tonight and maybe to my chagrin but God smacked me upside the head with a lot of this it made me realize that I was not doing what I could or should be doing to grow and to be a better Christian there's parts of things that I can do more of and better of that I should do for my spiritual life for my family's spiritual life for my children for my wife those are my responsibilities and if I'm not who I should be then I'm, I, and then there's answers to how to get there, then it's my responsibility to step up and do that. So that's where God got to me. And I'm doing, trying to do better at meditating. So as Ms. Sherilyn plays, if there's anything you want to do in business with God, feel, feel free to do so. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.